You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome to another episode of Gifted with Sheila White. I'm excited today. We have an exciting guest today with us that's going to inform you, educate you, and take you along the way to find out how you can get a better return on your taxes. Hey guys, this is the season. This is the season where the IRS, people are trying to dodge it, find out what they can do, how they can get deductions, how they can be able to gain some of that money back that they've been depositing in the, and the jobs have been taken for, from us. This guest today, I'm so excited because she's not only a heart-centered messenger, but she's a person that has information on accounting, how to help us to be able to navigate our business life, our home life when it comes to taxes. And those of you that are in small businesses, this is our gift to you today because you need to know how to navigate through those waters, all the new things that are coming out this year for 2024 that the IRS is bringing to us. We have the expert here with us today. I am really excited because, you know, as, as business owners out there, you do all you can do to be able to help your finances, not only to grow, but to find out where the nooks and crannies are out there to help you. It's a good idea to, to consult an accounting expert, especially if you're new to this, if you're a new business owner. And an accountant can help you to assist you in tracking, uh, analyzing your finances, and, and just helping you to stay on track to the up-to-date records and keep things accurate. You know, the IRS always implements different things different years. And in this year, there's a free online filing that you may not be aware of, but there's tax laws that changes every year. So we want to know how to handle some of these mistakes for a small business or LLC, because it's very, very important. My guest today, get ready, get ready. Call a friend, let them know that you have someone that can give you the answers to some of those questions that you might have been wondering. She, her name is Jennifer I'm going to have her pronounce her last name so I don't mess it up. I call her Jennifer, but she's been married for over 25, 27 years to her husband. And together they have raised two adult children. She is a CPA worker at the Centerpoint Properties, an industrial real estate company for the past 25 years. And she is currently the VP of Financial Systems, where she wears many hats. That's what we do as moms and busy working individuals. But her gift is in problem solving. And then she embraces the natural, the, the empty nest phase of her life. Wow. So much going on in this young lady's life. She's embracing the empty nest phase and she's focusing on teaching the teachings of Jesus Christ to love and to care. And she wants to dismantle some of these uh, marginalized oppressions. We're going to get into that in deep sea dive on that part of her life. About two years ago, she joined a group of amazing people and she that started a new way non-denominational church that centers on love and inclusion and creating a safe place to learn and to grow. 
She's committed to self-reflection and growth and deconstructing some of these biases that are out there. And we have a lot in our world today, folks. She's determined to learn about the untold stories um, that have white, been whitewashed through history and have meaningful conversations. And she's an advocate to helping dismantle and rebuilding a more equitable and just society. This is the person that we need in government today, a person like Jennifer. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. You know, Jennifer, there's so many things that we have to talk about in the time that we have um, today. But I first want to talk a little bit about what type of records should small businesses uh, keep, especially as a new business, because people get started and they don't know how to do what they should do, what they should keep every single receipt or what are some little basic guidelines for a brand new business? Yeah, so that's a great question. So basically for a new business, it's it's hard to navigate. You know, there's so many things like you had mentioned that change and it's hard to keep up on all of those changes. But basically the best way to do it is, you know, either get a checking account or a credit card and just make sure you're running everything through something separate from your personal life. You know, mm. have a separate bank account for your businesses. And then the nice thing about that is that then you can download all your records and then go through them at the end of the year and you can organize um, everything that way. Um, I think that's really important to um, just try to run all your transactions through mm -hmm. one, either like a credit card or a bank account, because then you can get a statement at the end of the year and it has everything on it that you need that you can organize that way. Now, should it should it be a banking? Uh, should it be in the company's name? Yes. Or because some people have a uh, well, the they have a credit well, in card. The beginning, yeah. So some okay. people who have like sole proprietors, okay. I would just recommend opening up a separate checking account okay. for that business. I mean, and you can have them linked where you're you're transferring money and stuff. But just to keep as far as record keeping, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people we're busy and things. You know, we're always doing things. So, like. If, if right now it's January, it's, you know, February 9th. Do you, yeah. do you remember what you did on February 9th last year? You know, you don't. So, mm, <laughs> so just to, just to have it in one spot and then yes, should you keep your receipts? Absolutely. But more importantly, having them all in one spot is also the transactions in one spot is also very helpful. Now, is there anything that people can do to prepare to lessen the stress of uh, filing taxes? Cause you know, it's like, you think of the number 15, 15 April and things like that that's coming up, you know, for especially for small businesses, because usually, like you said, you can't remember what you did February 9th last year. Now you're trying to gather everything up together to to compile it, to try to figure things out. So is there something that we can do as small businesses to help lessen the stress of filing taxes? So. Um, yeah. So basically know your deadlines. That's kind of important. So mm. there's. For um, individuals, it's obviously the 15th of April every year. Okay. And mm -hmm. and again, it depends on, you know, if that falls on a weekend, then you get till that that Monday. You know, okay. I think last year there was a Greek Easter or something. So we got till Tuesday. Um, mm -hmm. So know your, know your deadlines. And with small businesses, something that people might not always know, like sole proprietors, you're kind of, you're putting that business into your personal tax return. 
But for LLCs that are partnerships or, you know, other than that, you have to also make sure you're getting a K-1 or you're filing a K-1. So if you are in business with a partner, you have to actually file a K-1. And those are due by March 15th every year. So you even have to do for small businesses even faster filing, you know, because you need to get that K-1 to the individuals so that they can do their personal taxes by April 15th. Um, and then another important thing is, yes, you can file an extension. Um, however, the extension doesn't mean that you don't have to do anything. So this is very important because you want to make sure that if you owe any money larger than $1,000, you want to make sure that the, you send in an estimate by April 15th, because if you owe money larger than $1,000, the government, uh, the IRS is going to charge you penalties and interest on anything. And and first offenders, probably not. They'll okay. probably, you can probably get an excuse. Um, but um, it's very important to make sure that you kind of, you still have to kind of go through the numbers and make sure that you have an estimate of what you owe because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to incur more penalties. Now, what about like you said LLCs, but what about like S corporations or non for profits? Yeah, all of those are the same. Yeah, I okay. I deal with more smaller businesses. Like okay. I don't do my corporate taxes at Centerpoint, okay. but okay. um, it's more um, and I would think for bigger corporations like that, you're not getting. Um, I'm I'm assuming that they would have larger um, tax preparers okay. that are doing okay. those kinds of businesses but yeah. even even for the small businesses and for the um individuals like one of the good thing good ways is just review last year's tax return you know okay. review all of that information and just make sure okay i got this form i needed this form like just kind of have an idea in your head of like you know i usually kind of just um keep the last year's out Mm-hmm. until the, I file the following year, because you can kind of go through and say, oh, did I need, do I need this document, you know, and that. Oh. And then even for like, um, when you are thinking about it, like you want to think about like life changes, like, did you move? Did you have a marital change status? Mm-hmm. Did you have children? Mm-hmm. Did you move out of state? Mm-hmm. Are you doing business out of state? Are you doing like, what are you doing? Who are your customers? Okay. Um, it's a little late for, um, it's already the ninth. So if you are a small business and you did employ like contracted services, um, you're supposed to have your 1099s. So, so for any anything that you've paid to um, for um, some somebody's services over $600, you okay. are required to send out 1099s. So that's another thing that um, you need to make sure that you're doing. You know. And what is the date on that? Would that you said so, is January? Yeah, so or? unfortunately, the date has already passed for 1099s. Okay. So that was they were they're supposed to be postmarked by um, uh, January 31st. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah. A lot of people are like, wow, because people have people helping them and and different things like that. And so that's that's some important news. Now, what are the requirements uh, of um, how to file a free tax return? Because if there's a small business and they don't have a lot of money to pay. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of fees, what, what are some of the things that they can do with a small business? So the K, so there's different, like I said, there's differences. So if you're a small business sole proprietor, you're using, you can either be using your tax ID number or, um, your social security number. So you could have filed and got a tax ID number, but if you're a sole sole proprietor, your taxes are going to, you're going to basically do like, um, there's a section, there's a section called, um, schedule, I think it's a schedule C, but you'll, they'll, you'll put in your income and your expenses, and then you'll come up with in either a, a gain or a loss okay. on that business. 
and you know make sure you're putting in your you know anything you bought for the any equipment that you bought you know depreciation all that so then you take that and that just gets added to your personal tax return so that's pretty basic as far as like so the dollar thresholds for free tax returns online and it's interesting how they're doing it so the irs has set up if you go to irs.gov there Mm -hmm. is a section that says um free guided you know um options for free guided software so the limits right now are seventy nine thousand and under but that's not that's adjusted gross income so people still could fall under it you just need to do a little bit of preparing to see like, you know, if you have deductions and that's oh. like itemized deductions and all that kind of stuff. So your adjusted gross income is, is different. So okay. then your W2 or your, you know, or your 1099s. Okay. So I encourage people that if you're in that ballpark, definitely go through the process of logging in. They'll guide you through it, see if you're eligible. And then they'll, t- they'll point you to softwares that the IRS is using and okay. you're, and they'll, and they'll actually guide you in the right way. So it's like, they'll ask you the right questions. Like, are you a small business? Do you have like, you know, certain things? Are you, you know, senior, like all those kinds of questions. So then it will guide you. Um, And then Illinois is actually always free. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody ever knows that, but I recommend, you know, doing your federal first and then you have all of the paperwork that you need. And then it's really easy to kind of plug in the numbers off of your federal into the state. And um, I would encourage using the state one just because, why pay, you know, somebody else to do it and it's free and, you know, you'll get your money, you know, like I know with TurboTax, if you file with states, sometimes they'll charge you like $25 per state and you don't need to do that. I mean, obviously if there's other people listening from other states, they have to check with their state, but for Illinois, it's uh, free. Well, now what are some common mistakes that taxpayers make, you know, because small businesses are trying to do the best they can. Um, They know that there are some benefits out there, but there's, Things that they just don't know. Is there some education or like places they can go to get information? So, yeah. So like common mistakes that people make is really just, and I've, um, being an accountant, I have a different like, um, mindset and just like, I always like double check, triple check, quadruple check my work before I hit send. And, but that's just my, that's just like how I am because of I'm a numbers person and all that. So I know a lot of people, they, you know, kind of rushing through it, want to just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I always recommend when you're doing something, especially that you're not comfortable with, put it to the side, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of times you're seeing if you're like in it and you're you're seeing it over and over again, you're going to miss a little thing. So like yeah, from yeah. the IRS's website, the common mistakes are, um, well, first filing too early because okay. Okay. you don't have all your documentation. And as I mentioned earlier, most people will not send out um, the information that you need until mm-hmm. they're required to send it out. So they have until the 31st of January to post market. That means mm-hmm. you're still got to wait for it to come in the mail, mm-hmm. you know? So make sure you're waiting for all your documentation. And then um, a lot of the things are just typos, like not putting the right social security number in, misspelling mm-hmm. the names, you know, transposing numbers, you know, those kinds of things It just, you know, just take your time, be careful. Mm-hmm. And then, um, or incorrect filing statuses, bank numbers, those kinds of things. So, um, but again, I think I what I do every year is I just have a folder and if I get things in the mail that I think are tax related or I know is tax related and I have it, I have it in two spots. I have an email 
box folder that I like, I have tax info for 2023. And then I have a, a mailbox or a folder in my, in my house. And I just throw all the mail in there. You know, I just, anything that's related to Texas. So you're just kind of just, you know, just get in the habit of just kind of trying to organize um, as you go. Cause you're going to forget things that, like I said, you're, you're not going to remember. We're all busy. We're all doing things, yeah. you know, just try to organize as much as possible. Now, you know, with having small businesses, um, I mean, there's so many things to think about and most people aren't thinking about tax things until it's tax season. You know, like you said, what did you do last year, you know, in February or whatever? Most people can't remember. Um, as far as business deductions and things like that, um, there's so many there's so many different types of deductions that a lot of small businesses may not even be aware that they're able to claim. So if it's a small business, say a mom, mom and pop type of small business, so to speak, what are some things that they may be able to claim that they're not even thinking about? I mean, they may rent a space, they may have office, just different things yeah, that so, doesn't yeah, come so to mind. Basically, you know, obviously, yeah, if they're renting a space, anything that's included in that rental space, utilities, okay. maintenance, all that is included. Um, if they're in a home office, that's, it's a little trickier because you got to kind of calculate based on square footage and, mm. you know, of your house. And um, they tend to that, my understanding is kind of more of a red flag. So you want to be very careful if you're doing that. So you want to, you know, if you, if you want to do utilities, everything needs to be allocated based on the square footage of your house. So the square footage of the space that you're using, you know, you need to allocate based on that, but mm, it's, okay. but it's even stuff as far as like mileage, you know, if you have to, you know, if you're a landscaper and you're driving to and from your clients, you can get reimbursed for the mileage from, from that. Um, mm -hmm. Some, some businesses will put their vehicles in it, but it depends on the stages of where you are in your business. If it's really small, you know, it doesn't make sense to do certain things because you're, you don't get more from like depreciation basically. So if you're getting depreciation, oh. depreciation expense and you don't have enough income to cover it, you're kind of almost losing out on. So it's kind of a tricky game to figure out like, well, how much am estimating like your income and then what do you want to do? So, um, and it's just based on how much you're currently bringing in and every year, you know, it's, I think it's the rule is like the first three years of a business, you're probably, you're really not making a lot, you know, money. Right. You're kind of just breaking even because you're, yeah. you have to buy everything, yeah. but everything that you buy for the business is you can either write off fully in the first year or you can depreciate it over the life of the, that asset. Um, mm. so you want to just make sure that you are pretty much anything that you're doing for that business, you can, you know, write off. So, wow. Even now, like, you know, softwares that you're using, yeah. um, mm, marketing materials, wow. business cards, wow. websites, wow. all of that. Yeah. Wow. That's big because a lot of people aren't thinking about the little things, you know, they may go out and buy water, give to their customers as they're coming in or certain little things. They're just not thinking about every little expense or if they have uniforms or different types of things that they may have. Um, what about educational things? Like if they're taking classes to learn to, to, to be better, those, okay. Those are types of things. Okay. Okay. That's really important and good to know because a lot of people are trying to get better. Maybe if they're a designer or a floral designer, and they say, I have to take a class to learn how to do this better or an event planner or something like that. And so all of these expenses um, are also, um, you know, you're able to write off. So this is the thing I want people to understand. Accountants can help small businesses grow. A lot of people don't realize that they're thinking 
it costs money to go to the professionals, to the experts. But I really want to drive the fact to people to help them understand that having a good accountant can actually help your business to grow, not necessarily take away from you. And, and I think that's what people have to understand in working with the experts. You know, everybody in the IRS is not bad, so to speak. You know, I mean, there are some good, good ones out there, like in every field. There's good doctors. There's bad doctors. There's good nurses, bad nurses or whatever. But I think having, uh, you know, people that are able to help you in this area can really help your business to grow. And since we're at the beginning of the year, it's not too late to just get into a different pattern. If you've been making some of those mistakes, just starting over and and talking to someone, getting some consultation, if nothing else, to help you to get on track and to be able to stay on track. And speaking of that, what are good qualities that you think uh, when people are trying to find an accountant um, that as far as skill set that they need to look for? Because they're all not the same. There's so many agencies. You walk into a store and you may see the sign up saying we could do your taxes, you know, for less than the person that has a, a business on a corner or something like that. So what are some of the skill sets that maybe people should look for in, uh, you know, a CPA or an accountant to help them in their business? Yeah. So I would recommend that like, um, well, I, I don't do taxes. I mean, I do yeah. some right. people's taxes, but I don't right, do right. it for my, a living, you know, right. um, but definitely, um, I think, especially for the small businesses, mm -hmm. they're going to, it is going to be harder. Uh, the bigger companies probably will just be out of reach just because, right. yes. and it's not necessarily a bad thing because I think, you know, you're not going to get the attention that you need either. But mm -hmm. I do think the smaller, like local businesses, helping local businesses is probably the better, you know, way to go. Um, okay. But yeah, you want to make sure that, you know, that they are a CPA, you know, okay. like, okay. I mean, I, I mean, obviously you can't prove that, but like, yeah. I am a CPA and I don't do taxes, but I do. I am licensed in yeah. Illinois to do yeah. to be a CPA, you know. OK, so, okay. you know, there's and just I think it's more of like getting comfortable with like, you know, asking them questions. And, and I'm sure some of them will do like, you know, 15 minute consultations and stuff like yeah. that. Of just yeah. making sure it's the right fit, too, because you want to make exactly. sure that you're comfortable with them and that they're giving you you feel like they're giving you the right information. And then mm -hmm. just asking questions like, how often are you, you know, um, reviewing tax law changes, like how often are you, like, what are you doing to keep up to date on these changes? You know, right. like I can do research, but like, are you getting alerts? Are you like, are you going to, you know, monthly, weekly, yearly summit? How often are you mm -hmm. keeping up to date? Cause if they're not keeping up to date with any of those things, then wow. I would, that would be kind of like red flag to me, you know, wow. you know, just asking those kinds of questions of just, because there's people that, you know, we know, like even with, you know, every profession, yeah, it changes, you know, like things change yeah. if you're not keeping up to date with um, what you're doing. Like, yeah, there is certain things that they have to do for continuing education okay. um, just to have their license. Mm -hmm. um, however, that doesn't necessarily mean they're focusing on taxes. Got so it. just make yeah. sure that they're they're saying that they are keeping up to date with this, the federal and, and then state taxes in whatever state, you know, if they're in Illinois, obviously. Now, is, is there some things in, in, you know, as a CPA that you had to unlearn, so to speak, because in this journey, things change, things happen. You have different people that you're working with at different times and things going on. Are there, there's some things that you just kind of had to unlearn that, you know, they teach you certain things, you, you learn certain things in this profession, but then it's like, 
it's not like that in real life, dealing with real people and real issues and sure. things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously studying for the CPA exam, it was very book, you know, oriented. Yeah. And, and again, yeah. like you said, how things were done at the time or how mm-hmm. they were taught for the test, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, basic accounting hasn't changed, you know, okay. like, you know, the basics, you know, basics, however, yeah. you know, you have gap accounting, you know, that's always changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then re- more recently, they're trying to um, merge our standards with um, international standards. So wow. those on a bigger scale, you know, mm-hmm. um, those kinds of things are are happening. You know, mm-hmm. there have been recent changes with like, because the business that we're in is we rent and build rent and manage industrial spaces. So okay. like there's stuff around lease, like leases and those kinds of things have changed. So there's always yeah. things changing, okay. but so it is hard to keep up on everything. So that's why you kind of have your niche field. So that's why I'm saying it's like tax accountants are tax accountants. They know, they should know all of the details. Um, but as far as like um, unlearning, not really, but just okay. making sure that you're keeping up in your, whatever your field of expertise is in that niche field, you know, so. Now we're going to turn the corner a little bit because, um, you know, there's so much information out there. And like you said, you have to seek a person that is able to help you to, that's a perfect fit, you know, for your business and things like that. I want to take a little turn a little bit because I know you're a mom, you know, adult children, like you said, the empty nest syndrome thing is going on, but you have a passion of wanting to work with people, um, people that um, you have a desire to dismantle the marginalized oppression of people and um, you you want to have more inclusion as a safe place. I know that's something important to you as a Christian as well. And I know that you all are part of an organization that's trying to show more of the love of Jesus Christ and, you know, what he stood for and things like that, which we all should be as an example. Why is that important to you? Because people are in their own little bubble, in their own little world, and they're just me, myself and I, and they're not all concerned. I mean, they're not in politics, so they're not all concerned with, uh, the inclusion of people and trying to dismantle some of these um, these oppressions that have been going on for so many years. Why is that important to you as a Christian, especially? Yeah. So it's funny because when, and I wish I could really know like how to dig into that question as far as like for other people to pull them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, from when I was little, I don't mm-hmm. know when I go, I usually, I usually tell this one story about like, I was about 12 years old. So we lived in a smaller town. It's near O'Hare called Bensonville. It's okay. pretty, you know, tiny town, Yeah. but there was a park district. Like, you know, you get the things that, that are happening in the park district. Exactly. Exactly. And I was probably, I'm trying to think like when I was that young, I'm like rode my bike across, you know, Irving park road and down to the, to the park district. But I, there was a thing for like, um, uh, signing up for helping on a Saturday for special Olympics. Okay. And okay. I'm like, I'm going to do it. So mm-hmm. I signed up and I rode my bike that Saturday morning and got on the bus and went to the special Olympics. Okay. Didn't know anybody on the bus, you know, like it, I just did it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously I'm sure my parents knew about it, but they're just like, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. And from, I don't know, from that point on, I just like always felt a connection with just 
injustices and things. And yeah, I I can't explain it. I just don't know how it even happened, mm-hmm. you know, other than, you know, yeah. God, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. just putting that on my heart. And uh, when going to school, I mean, got, got married, got, you know, was still going to school, had a son, still going, did my CPA, had a daughter. Like, mm-hmm. I would, I admit, I was in that bubble. You know, I would still like um, research things and like try to learn things. And, but I was, you know, working and going to school and raising family and, you know, and then when um, my kids got a little bit older, but really, really what I think pulled me out of my bubble yeah, yeah. was um, the election okay. uh, when Barack Obama was elected. Ronald Reagan, you said, or? No, Barack Obama when he oh, was elected. Okay, okay. okay. So okay. I was so like, I was I was like all over that. Like I had his shirt. I was sending money. I was like mm-hmm. all over it. And then I was like, when the, that night of the, and he was in, you know, Grand Park, I wanted to go yeah. and I stayed up and I'm crying and just so happy. And then all this stuff started coming out of the woodwork. And I was oh, like, wow, what? I had no idea wow. how bad it was. Mm. And I'm going to admit, like I was in my white bubble and I had mm. no idea mm. how bad it it was. Mm-hmm. And then Trayvon Martin really just sealed the yeah. deal for me. I've Since yeah. then, I've just been following everything I can, learning as much yeah. as I can, yeah. and just trying to just like make people aware that, you know, and like learning how to call people in and yeah. like, yeah. you know, maybe you're not aware of this, that Mm. this word or this thing, or Mm. it's not getting better, you know, or, you know, like the, I'll get those comments all the time. Well, it's better. I'm like, yeah, because you're white and you're in your bubble. Wow. You know, like, you know, those kinds of things. I'm just like, just trying to be Mm -hmm. that just more inclusive. As you said, yeah. Yeah. And and it's important because this is, you know, African-American month this month. And um, which is the reason why I wanted to have you come on to explain that a little bit about the view, because a lot of people that are still in the bubble, they don't really realize that people are still being uh, marginalized, you know, in in our nation. And even though we've had our first African-American president uh, here in the United States, um, things people say, oh, it's gotten better. It's gotten better. But when you have when when people are still not at the equal level in all areas, um, it's not enough. And I think, you know, going back to the movie, The Color Purple with Taraji P. Hinton, she's been on the news lately talking about not having equal pay as an actress compared to, um, you know, Meryl Streep or someone like that, you know, in different areas, even celebrities still have this problem, um, you know, with, with, with race relations. So it's not just the person on the street or Trevon Martin type of thing. It's just people of color. They have these issues and things like that. And there's not enough conversations happening. And people aren't really realizing that if you walk into the store um, and, 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 a, and a person of color, whether they're black or brown, walk into the store, people have a different view of them, possibly, and, and, or going to apply for a job. You know, maybe their name is different. And this is not only with people of color, but, you know, when we talk about different cultures, you, you know, now with the war going on with, you know, in Israel and there's the Muslims, Muslims and, you know, different people with certain names. It's just 
um, there's just a, a people are marginalized on it, you know, and they have a certain belief. 9-11 happened. Now they look at everyone that has um, a certain hat on or a certain style of hat or certain clothing. Oh, they must be bad, bad people and things like that. And so there's still so much work to do um, in that area. How can we as communities and as individuals really drive this message home to bring more communication? I want to say in the church, because even in the churches, we're still somewhat segregated a lot. Um, and they say Sunday mornings, Martin Luther King says Sunday morning is one of the most segregated places in the United States. You still have, uh, there are churches that are, have different cultures, but there's so many that are in their own bubble and they're happy, happy and comfortable with not having maybe Indians come to their church or African-Americans or Muslims or, you know, diff different people that look a certain way, even if they're of their same faith. So how can we develop more conversations, more bridges um, to help people to come out of those? I want to say holographic bubbles because they don't realize that they still are gripped by their biases. You know, they, they're just so happy and content with, like you said, doing their own thing. Um, raising their family, sending them to school, going to different, and they don't realize that if they have not had that happen to them, they don't realize what it's like and the impact that it has on generations of, of people of color. So how can we have more of a conversation, would you say, beginning in the church? Because you all are doing something like that at the church that you're at now. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that because it is, it's about like getting um, people to, just because it doesn't impact you directly, it impacts you indirectly. Mm -hmm. And then I, I struggle with like why people mm -hmm. just don't care about that. You know, like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I try to figure, I try to put myself in their shoes and, and again, I put myself in their shoes and I'm like, okay, if they're busy and they're just not paying attention, then that's one mm -hmm. thing. But yeah. if it's there, then they're aware of it. And then they still choose to act like that. That's another thing. Then, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's, you know, got to call it what it is. It's racism, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but what we're doing is really just having open and honest conversations. And, you know, I've done like, um, we like our, so we are four pillars, like, I don't even know if we're calling them pillars, but there's mm. every, we meet every Friday. Okay. Um, so on the first Friday of the month, we do support, which goes around any type of support issues we've done, like divorce and, um, LGBTQ, trans, you know, anything that's disability, anything that's around support and just topics and educating. And so we, we educate and then we have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. And then on the second Friday, we do um, explore and we're just digging into the Bible and just breaking that down too. And just breaking it down to its basics of Jesus, you know, basically mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. what would Jesus do, you know, kind of like right. that, you know, old saying. And then on the third Fridays, we do reform, which I want to kind of rethink that topic or the name of it now. But mm -hmm. um, um, but like I've done we've done rethinking incarceration, which is a and that's also a book by uh, Dominique Gilliard. And he's got yes. a eight week series and that's he digs really deep into the church because he's like, like you had said, where are we if the church is not here? You know, like, yes. you know, um, and then um I, I'm doing actually radical action um, mm -hmm. and rethink or um, how's the top? It's uh, advancing racial equity um, yeah. this next Friday. And I'm kind of pulling in information from my two mentors because yeah, we don't have, 
we're not diverse right now. We're trying right. to get diverse. Right. We mean, we have right. some, we have some trans and, you know, we do have some people of color, but it's, you know, we want to grow and let everybody know that there's a safe space, but it's hard because they don't know, you know, like mm-hmm. you don't want to just walk into a room with strangers, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. that yeah. kind of thing. But it's like, I'm doing this on my two mentors, which is Dr. Nikki Lanier, which I mentioned to you. And then yes. Um, yes. Rosa Loretta Ross and just mm-hmm. like finding out what they're doing and kind of communicating that to our group. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, we just hoping that those spark extra conversations and then they can have conversations or, or things that they didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, or um, just all, and all of the processes, systems of oppression, like we're talking about mm-hmm. cash bail and like all those mm-hmm. things of like that you don't, it, they don't impact you, yeah. but they impact others. Mm-hmm. And until the system, like you can ignore it, but until the system changes, it's not going to get better for everybody. And if you're worried about all these other things, you know, like homelessness or like all of those things are connected and the generational wealth and all the systems that were in place, you know, redlining and like mortgages. And, you know, the one thing I had learned at the conference that I had went to, like, you know, yeah, the GI bill was amazing for the people that were coming back, except for if you were black, you couldn't get a loan. So it doesn't, they, they didn't benefit from those things or there wasn't enough schools because mm-hmm. the schools were segregated and there wasn't enough uh, BCAU schools to yeah. enroll yeah. those people, you right. know, that. So it's like all those things impacted generational wealth because, and then, you know, it, and people don't mm-hmm. see it because like you said, people will say, oh, it's getting better. But I'm like, it's not because we're still carrying all that with us, mm. you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But it's, I think it's just conversation and education. And I said, I'm learning every day. I learn something new every day. And I, and I try and communicate that to people. Like, did you know, I'm people get annoyed with me. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's interesting because it's, it's so, I think it's such an important conversation to have, uh, not just this month specifically, but you know, when Cinco de Mayo comes up and talking about, you know, people, Brown people as well, and the the rights and, and especially what's happening now in America, where there's so many people, you know, immigrants coming over here and some people are just so appalled at it and some people are for it. And you've got people on both sides of the fence for this and and people have these biases, you know, uh, and things like that. But when it comes to the church, there are people in the church that have these biases just as strong as people that are unbelievers. And so I think it's it's more conversations that need to be had. There's more um, conversations, even when we mentioned talking about people that have disabilities, people may look at a person in a wheelchair or a person that, you know, has a speech impediment or, you know, that are doing sign language as they're in a mall or something. But what they don't realize is that at any time you could become disabled. Now you're in a different situation where now you're looking for the same rights that the people have had and trying to fight for the rights to just have a sidewalk to be able to wheel your wheelchair on and not have to have a broken up sidewalk or have to ride down the street because there's not good sidewalks where you can ride your, 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 um, your, your, um, wheelchair or something like that. I mean, there are so many people, even people that, you know, when the police are arresting people, let's say that are disabled and they're handling them, manhandling them as if they're not disabled. There are so many things that we need to look at. I agree with you in our society that looks at the the oppression of people and how people are marginalized and um, the inclusion thing. It's just not everywhere in everyone's mind. And even in our political system, you know, it's like, 
they're, they're, they're our political people have these biases. You know, it's not just it's Republican, it's Democrat, it's this, it's that. And and they hate each other, not just because of the color of their skin or their origin or their culture, but they're saying you are a Republican, you're a Democrat. I hate you for that reason. <laughs> they could be in the same nationality and they're not accepting um, each other. So this is conversations that I think we need to have uh, getting back to the basics of our humanness. You know, where do we all start before there was a title of Republican, Democrat, black, white, brown, before all these titles were put on us and these biases, we just need to get back to just brotherhood. You know, how can we just, see people as people. Um, and that makes a difference. And if a person has never been um, marginalized or have never had, have been dismantled or anything like that in their life because of a certain privilege they've had, they really don't understand what it's like until they're put into that situation. And I remember years ago on the, when the Oprah show used to be on, they did a, uh, an, a, a little little example of um, people were standing in line and, and the doctor that was going to be on there, she's an expert in kind of race and culture relations. And I can't remember her name, but she's very popular, but she had all the people that had blue eyes and um, green eyes. They had to stand at the back of the line. Then when they got into the Oprah's uh, studio, then the people that had the brown eyes, so to speak, were, were getting special treatment. They were getting like certain type of uh, better treatment than the person with blue eyes. And then when they would answer questions, they would call on the people that had the brown eyes first. And then they say, okay, you're, so the people at the end, when they brought out what they were doing in this experiment, they, they, they felt like, wait a minute, I feel like I'm mistreated. Why did she get treatment first? Why did they get to sit in the front and all these things? But what the example brought out was you see what it's like to be marginalized. You see what it's like to be judged based on the color of your eyes. And people were like appalled and it was like an eye opening experience because there's nothing that they had to do. They were born that way, but because of their color of their eyes, they were treated differently. And so they were trying to get people to understand this is what it's like for a brown or a black person to walk into a room. They're judged just by their color. Doesn't matter their qualifications, that they're both human. And so it was really something powerful that really, you know, stuck to me. I was like, wow. And it helped people to see that. If you're on your, in your own little bubble, if you've never had this feeling before, you know, then you don't really understand what it's like. You don't really understand what it's like. And so that's why it's really important for people to go back to the basic teachings of Jesus Christ and really look at it and really see that he did not treat people differently. He tried to encompass and he was inclusive with people of different cultures and backgrounds and like the woman at the well, the Samaritan and and different things like that. So there's many examples that we can pull out of the Bible to help us to understand how to live a better life. And so I really applaud you for not just being a heart centered messenger, being able to help people to understand that we have to all be together. We only have one world, you know, that we are living in and we, we have to try to make it better for, for everybody of all different cultures, backgrounds and things like that. Um, and, and, and go ahead. Well, speaking of the well or the, not the wells, speaking of the good Samaritan. So, mm -hmm. We were actually discussing that recently because we were reading a book called, um, uh, I'm going to forget it now. It's like Bringing Back the Radical Jesus. Oh, um, wow. And um, so he talks about it in that book about how, you know, this, this, we all know the story of the Good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. And what he did was amazing. So mm -hmm. what the story ends up being focused on is the Good Samaritan and his good deed. Mm. However, when we read this book, it was flipped and it was like, well, 
what was wrong with society that you needed the Good Samaritan in the first place? Mm. Why is everybody walking around and harming each other? Like, so it was like kind of like flipped it. It was going like, and I feel like that's where we are right now is like, we yeah. are like, got to figure out like, why are we all doing this to each other? Mm. And, you know, addressing those issues. And like you said, it's, yes, it's going back to being human, but it's also going back or it's also fixing just the dehumanization. Like wow. we, all of the, we, you know, all the stereotypes and all the, all the things that we are put in place to keep us from yeah. talking, to wow. keep us from, you know, looking at each other as another human being, as another, somebody that has the same hopes and dreams and aspirations and everything that I do, or the people coming over from the border, all right. those things, you know, yeah. like, you know, are there going to be bad apples in any of those situations? Like, you know, yes. you know, they want to demonize the welfare system. They want to wow. demonize the, all those systems because mm. of a few bad apples. Yeah. Yeah. But then it hurts mm. everyone. So mm. you have to put yourself in like, well, why are these mothers coming across the border with their children? Why are they, you know, and, you know, and what's going on in Palestine right now? Like, why yeah. are we killing yeah. all these innocent children, children yes. you know? Yeah. And it's like, we, but it's because, and why are we okay with it? And why wow. are we, you know, why are we giving more money, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really, I don't know. It's just, it's I really just try to put myself in everybody's shoes as often yeah. as I can yeah. and then try to tell their story and try to get the other person to see the other side. And wow. You so. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, you, you, you are so awesome. Not only, like I said, do you do taxes and, and help people It's a CPA, but you have the heart. That's the people that want to be able to connect with you. Um, I want to thank you so much, Jennifer, for being our special guest today. Um, you shared a lot of information with us and you helped us with some life things, things that we need to look at, you know, the, the biases and things that we have. And people have biases towards the IRS. I mean, it goes, it's, a, it's with organizations as well. They don't want to deal with them at all, but they have to in today's society. I want to thank you for being our guest. Folks, if you did not hear the entire broadcast, I want you to visit our website at www.road.com the number two eternity.net for more information. Um, Jennifer's information will be on there. And Jennifer, I want you to say your name, your first and last name, because I don't want to mess it up. So how do you pronounce your whole entire name? It's Jennifer Plesnikar. So Plesnikar. Okay. So I want to thank Jennifer Plesnikar for being our special guest on today. Um, you have given us so much information on LLCs and when to file taxes and, and uh, certain things that we can do to help us prepare for this busy season that's coming up now where a lot of people will be trying to get it together between now and tax season. And uh, if they have any questions or anything like that, your information will be on our website so that they could be able to call you, ask questions and uh, get some additional information. Folks, I want to thank you for listening on today. I want you to know that you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. Use your gifts to impact the world the way that Jennifer is sharing her heart and helping people not to be biased in their everyday decisions in life, but to treat each other as brothers and sisters the way that Jesus Christ wants us to. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. 
Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.